Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? How are you holding up? Touch and go over on this end. Oh, by the way, Kyle Mooney is on the show today from SNL. Um, talked to him a while back. Tried to engage Mr. Mooney in some conversation. I think we did okay. Uh, he's a funny guy, and he does some interesting stuff on the show, so I was happy to talk to him. So that's going to happen in just a little while, or right now, if you fast forward, or in a little while, if you hang out. What was I going to tell you? So I've been doing the therapy thing. I've been doing the EMDR therapy thing. And uh, as I talked to you about it before, if you're just checking in, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I I'm, I'm, I'm trying out uh, EMDR, which is a, a, a sort of a, 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 an interesting therapy that involves seemingly a, a toy, some uh, buzzers you hold on to, alternating buzzers, or they can use eye movement. I should know what it stands for, shouldn't I? It, oh, there it is. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. EMDR. I guess they've had a lot of success with it. Treating people, uh, veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, they're just applying it to general uh, trauma. I.E. being alive, childhood, what have you. Now, again, a lot of you know I'm not incapacitated. I'm not... Uh, stuck in some you know tailspin all the time but um, i just want to do some fine tuning is that okay i'd like to do some fine tuning of the uh the mental vessel the brain carriage but the the process of, of emdr is interesting because you, you you in an hour you sort of you know you repro you reprocess an event you pick a target event that you see as some kind of source of some of your um sort of trauma-based thinking or bad thinking or or something that holds you in a place of uh, shame, self-loathing, anger, whatever it is, wh whatever is the, the the bit of business that could use some tweaking, you, you find a target for it and you you find you sit in it. You you put it, you say it, you sit in the feelings, you do the buzzers and then you you stop and you and you check in with the therapist and 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 then tell her or him where your brain is now, and then you go with that. And it's it, it's interesting to track stuff. 
Because if you're a human, you'll find that you'll talk about an event and you'll sort of circle around it and you'll end up right there standing in front of your parents saying something. Leave me alone. Go fuck yourselves. You don't really love me. Stop draining me. You guys are overwhelming. Some people say, I love you, mommy and daddy. Thank you. Uh, I don't do a lot of that. I, 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 I question their wiring ability. So, all right, but that's going well. And, you know, as we drift closer to actual authoritarianism, it's nice to have your own shit straight. Better know who you are when the shit goes down so at least you can hold on to your brain. If your brain is wired correctly and you're not susceptible to, uh, to the mind fuck, the big mind fuck, it you know, might help you out as we you know, drift closer into a fairly clear uh, authoritarian system, which uh, despite anyone's desire or, or despite anyone you know, that believes it's not happening, it's happening. There's, a, there's a, an authoritarian system taking hold with a strong theocratic arm, but then just a basic sort of you know, kind of mind fuck, slippery slope, no truth anymore kind of thing going on. You know, everybody's got their own perspective, their own opinion. They're the free thinkers. It's amazing how many of the free thinkers are just sort of, you know, untethered, confident idiots with, uh, with some new words and, and other people's ideas. But uh, try to stay grounded. Try to make sure your wiring is tight. Will you? Can you? I hiked today. I saw a bunny. Tonight, I will be at the uh, grand opening event of the Seattle International Film Festival with uh, the film I made with Lynn Shelton called Sword of Trust. Should be exciting. That's tonight. Uh, Thank you for all the positive feedback on the work I did on Joe Swanberg's Easy. Uh, I'm in episode six. This is season three, the final season. I did it with uh, Melanie Linsky and Jane Adams. Uh, That's up as well. My tour dates coming up. Uh, they are at wtfpod.com slash tour. I've got a lot of dates coming up, folks. Go check them out. The pressing date, yeah, and it's going to happen. I know I kind of, I put out a little dog whistle. Is that how you say it? That I might not do my St. Louis dates, but I'm doing it. I'm doing them because people are buying tickets. St. Louis, June 13th and 14th and 15th. I'll be at Helium Comedy Club. You can go get tickets to that at uh, wtfpod.com slash tour. Uh, there are a lot of other dates coming up. The, 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 the nearest ones, Vermont and uh, Burlington, Vermont and Madison, Wisconsin, are sold out. Those are club runs. The uh, St. Louis date is also a club run, which means I'll be doing several shows as opposed to uh, one show at a theater. Working the shit out. So Bunny Day. So I do my hike. And my buddy Michael got it in my head the other day, and I've had it in my head before. It's just interesting how you think when you're afraid, which for me is much of the time. So I'm seeing bunnies, and I talk to my buddy Mike that used to go up on the hill. He says he's afraid of mountain lions. I've had that fear. I've never seen a mountain lion. The only thing I've ever seen up there are lizards, butterflies, stink bugs, crows, occasionally a hawk, one time a deer, a buck, uh, no mountain lions. I've seen different, vari- different varieties of shit where you're like, what, can- what did that? 
What's that? What is, where'd that shit come? Sometimes it's just dog, I imagine, because people are shitty people and they don't pick up their dog shitty shit. But, uh, but sometimes it's sort of like, I don't know. I don't know what animal that came from. So I got mountain lions in the brain when I go up there. And so that right away, I feel like, well, I'm doing something courageous, just exercising. I'm going up against the, the, the great beasts of the wild. But I got it in my head that I'm going to be pounced and you start working the angles. Like if I put my arm up, am I going to stop a mountain lion? You have to assume they're pretty well equipped to destroy you pretty quickly. Then I fantasize about how like I, I sense that it's going to jump on me. It's going to pounce. I duck and, I, and then I, I flip it with my hands, with my arms. I flip it over as it's in midair pouncing and I just push it and throw it over the edge and it tumbles down. And I'm a hero. I'm a hero against a mountain lion. Uh, yeah, that's one scenario. But uh, the practical thing about it is I'm walking up this hill and I'm wondering if there are other people because I'm always assuming like that guy coming down didn't get eaten or that guy's up ahead of me. He'll get eaten first. And I actually, for some reason, got into sort of a kind of a cluster of people going up the hill. Like they were they were hiking. There was one guy who was ahead and then there were two other guys and I'm coming up behind him. And then I passed the two guys and I'm behind the first guy. And I, I actually thought in my brain, this is a good position to be in. Maybe I'll just hang in this position. I'll keep my distance. I don't know these people, but if the lion's going to come up from behind, it's probably going to take out those guys or at least one of them. I'll keep those guys on, on the back flank. Is that, is that a flank? Uh, they'll, get, they'll get taken out first, and the guy up ahead, he'll probably get uh, pounced upon and mauled and eaten before me, dragged off the trail by a mountain lion. I'll have my phone. I could call the authorities. I could try to help him out, but uh, I think I'll stay in the middle here so uh, I don't take the hit. These are people I didn't know, and I was willing, more than willing, to throw them under the bus, you know, just to let them get, just get mauled. But I guess that's sometimes the way it goes. I mean, I could have warned everybody. I said, maybe we should all stick together and hike up the mountain together and have a nice conversation, get to know each other. And if there's like four of us, I think the odds of getting, you know, attacked by one mountain lion are, are, are you know, slight small and actually that's probably what we should have done see that would have been the exciting and uh, human thing to do and the right thing to do hey you know i'm scared of something maybe we could all talk about it and then just hang out together and get to know each other and come together come together it could be a mountain lion could be global warming it could be uh you know the next election but you know come together against a thing that's going to come out of nowhere and fucking rip your neck apart i've been cooking i've been uh, taking care of myself been emdring i've been hiking i've been working out i've been eating well i'm going to share with you a recipe right now because i think i invented something and i think it's pretty good it's pretty specific but it's pretty fucking good now i recommend uh, homemade almond milk do you know how to make almond milk you gotta get a nut bag but make your own almond milk it's like you, you sprout some almonds which means you just soak them overnight, one cup, you put it in the Vitamix or powerful blender with five cups of water, a pinch of salt. I use two teaspoons of vanilla extract without alcohol in it because it just tastes better, I'm not worried about relapsing, and maybe uh, two dates for sweetness. And then you blend that for a couple minutes, run it through the nut sack, I mean the nut bag, mm. <laughs> either way, and uh, you sort of kind of strain it out, and then you got fresh almond milk. But here's... This, I guess I'll call it yam porridge. Can I call it that? But they're not really yams. Maybe sweet potato porridge. Or if you use purple sweet potatoes, then it's exciting. That's, that's a good menu item. 
purple sweet potato quinoa porridge with or without a fried egg on top. Anything? Does it do anything for you? You want me to tell you how to make it? All right, so you can either use the red quinoa or the regular quinoa, brown. Either one will work. Uh, it's prettier with the with the red quinoa. So I make my quinoa without, maybe just with a little salt. I don't use broth, I just use water. So you cook the quinoa, you can keep it as long as you want. And then here's what I do. Here's what I do. I've got some roasted uh, or, or steamed yams, maybe purple. You get about two ounces, three ounces of yam, slice it, and then, and then cube it, okay? And then you, dig, you get about a quarter cup of the quinoa, throw that in a little pot, and then get about a quarter cup of your almond milk, throw that in too, and then throw your yams in, and then get it simmering, and then smash the yams up with a, uh, a wooden spoon and just stir it until it gets a nice sort of like thick porridge consistency, and that's done. All right, that's it. You can throw a little stevia in if you like, it's sweeter maybe you know if you want so you, that now you have your purple yam quinoa porridge and then see like i'm a guy like i like eggs with sweet things like i like um i'll eat a pancake with a fried egg on top you know i love it you know so with the yolk just goes over it so then you can just fry up an egg today i fried it in ghee i just did an over easy egg in ghee put it on top of the purple yam quinoa porridge and uh, sliced it up so the yolk ran into it and that was breakfast that's the purple yam quinoa porridge with homemade almond milk with or without uh, over easy egg on top. All right? You're welcome. I know that like to some people that's just, just going to be like, Ugh. but to other people, mm. but that's life, isn't it? Don't let the lion rip your throat out. Be careful of mountain lions, both literal and metaphorical. Bond with other people. Discuss the possibility of having your thorax just destroyed in the gaping maw of a mountain lion, literal or metaphoric. Talk to people about it. How do we stop it? How do we stop (coughs) bunnies? So look, Kyle Mooney, Kyle Mooney's been on SNL for a while. He's a quirky guy. He's an odd guy. He's always a very funny guy. Uh, The season finale of uh, Saturday Night Live is this Saturday, May 18th. Paul Rudd is hosting. And this is a conversation I had with uh, Kyle Mooney a few months ago. Enjoy. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college. English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read the foxed page is for you get it now wherever you get your podcasts yeah do you think the new people know that it is an iconic 
garage in place? I don't know. Some people don't. I I, I did a, a meet kind of like these neighbors across the street had people over yeah, for the holidays. Like, let's all meet each other. New neighbors across the street that moved in after I, a little after I did. And uh, some people knew who I was and some people don't really give a shit. Right. They, that was, yeah. They don't register it. So I got it's a podcast. So I go, oh, okay. My thought was, though, as I was approaching that, yeah. like- there are celebrities that are probably doing the same thing that I'm doing, which is parking right outside your house and walking in all the time. Yeah. People notice more in my old neighborhood. My neighbors did. But it's weird with who they gravitate towards. Like, you know, uh, like for years, my across the street neighbor just couldn't believe Adam Carolla had, you know, sure, walked into sure, my sure, house. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how many people are noticing here. I, I Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different situation here. And I've had people, you know, um, Howie Mandel just left. Oh, nice. About an hour ago, he said to say hi. Very. He seems like a very sweet man. I don't know if I've ever met him in person, but he had some nice tweets yeah. towards me. Yeah, he did. You uh, you did him. I, I guess. <laughs> I was told to do him, and I did as, you know, the the bald cap did the acting, I would uh-huh. say. Is that sometimes how it goes? They, they kind of like, well, who can do this? You do it. Yeah. I mean, like, I certainly don't, uh, I'm, I'm not a great imp- Impressionist, I would yeah. say, and I'm, I don't think anybody assumes that I will be great at it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, when it's something like that, where like something will sell it, yeah. And that, in that case, his baldness, I just, I guess, they put that on me, and then that's the impression. Do you feel the pressure though to do impressions? I mean, you have to do them. Are there any that you volunteer to do where you're like, I can do that? I'm trying to think. Uh, I feel like. I have volunteered and then they've been cut before because they're not that good. I'm very okay with the fact that I'm not great at them. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's that's a very specific like talent. Art. Yeah, yeah. And it, but uh, but uh, but you you're sort of in order to play be a team player, you got to do it, right? Yeah, so that means that you just have to be as decent enough that you're not People don't call you awful. Well, how do you get over the weird kind of self-consciousness of it? I mean, I imagine if you don't like doing impressions, you don't think you're good at it, that, you know, going into them, you got to be like, oh, God. Sure. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's like, I mean, in the dressing room, talking with Beck, who we share a dressing room, we'll just be like, this isn't good, right? (laughs) I know I'm not doing this. Is this fine? More of the question is like, will this do enough justice that- People won't hate me. Oh, is it is it personal or is it in the sense that like you're like, well, I know it's only you know it's got to look right. It's only one sketch or one beat. I have one yes. line. Is yes. this guy will it sell it? But but also you have to deal with being a I, I imagine a relatively sensitive person. You have to you don't want to be the guy that everybody says you sucked the day after. Right, and now I feel like I've spent so much time talking about it. Now that they're, they're, people are going to look into it more and think about it more, and like right now specifically, yes, they're. Is that, are we already? are we recording right now? Sure, but it, already you're like, oh, this is well. Now they know that I feel weak at them, so now that they can really like, yeah, zero hone in. in on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you get? Is it is that is that a problem? Do you uh, do you are you finding you're getting a lot of. I, everybody gets trolls, but I mean, what's the, I mean, I imagine it's a pretty young audience and I, and I don't necessarily, I'm not, I don't want to be condescending to young people, but there's a lot of, uh, little monsters out there. Oh, sure. I'm sure I do. I've, I've become really good about not paying attention to the internet or anything. Like, I, I try to like avoid everything when I can. You do? Yeah. And you're, you have success at that? 
I think so. I feel like, you know, maybe at most once a month, some I'll come across something yeah. that affects me. But but now over time, I feel like I've I've developed the talent of letting it only affect me for two hours or something like that. You, you know give what I yourself mean? a time limit? Well, it's just, it's just naturally lessened. I feel yeah, like it okay. used to last maybe several days and now it's just a small... Yeah, I'm going to let that anonymous douchebag yes. only take up two hours of my life. Yeah. What are the ones that really kind of land with you where you're like... Ugh. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I started... I made internet videos before I got on the show and... Um, Oh, so like you had to deal with comment boards and they're yes. like, for some reason, I don't even know what it's, it's some sort of weird universal law that <laughs> there's got to be about like eight douchebags who just are relentless. Yes. And it's all, and then you have that weird moment where you realize, oh, this is the same guys. There's like four of these guys and there's right. 900 posts. Yes. The worst ones for me were always ones that just like cut very deeply into some seemingly honest place. Sometimes they're very existential to just be like. Um, Kyle's not the same as he used to be mm. or something like that. I'm just like, oh no, are they right? Is that true? <laughs> it's such a trick how they can like, yeah, I don't know that they know we're all fundamentally insecure or what, you know, what it's going, what kind of havoc's going to wreak on our brains. But there's something about the vague ones that leave a lot for us to sort of ponder where it's yes. like, am I, is that showing? Right. Am I? Yes. And it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not. No, the, the, that's <laughs> the, I. I think the breakthrough for me was realizing like there's an art to trolling. Oh, they're, sure. You know, they that that that's all they're trying to do is to get you to react to them publicly. Right. So like, and then if you do, no matter what it is, they're like, ah, got it. Like it's a game. It's like a video game. Yes, but sometimes there are persons who I don't think are. I'm trying to figure out how I can I can articulate this. They're not trolling from a negative place. Sometimes I feel like fans will like tag me in something that's like a negative critique. You know, it's like right. look at this. These people thought you were shitty in this or something like that. It's like, well, why are you show if you like me, I know. why are you showing me this? Yeah, yeah, and then and then what and then once you engage, then they they've connected. Sure, sure, sure. That's that's the grail, I think. The one time Kyle responded. Well, it's it's not going to it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Do you are you but you're on Twitter, right? Yeah. I feel like I don't really engage with persons I don't know though. No? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to uh I haven't been posting anything other than promotional stuff, but I still read it compulsively. Yeah. Oh yeah, I check it out. I I yes. yes. Like I'm like if uh, anyone asks me, I'm like, what's going on? Then I see I I'm I read it more just in terms of what's trending and Right. I or yeah. or your feed with people you're following. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You grew up here? I'm from San Diego, but I went to USC. So, uh, and I lived in LA for a decade prior to getting hired by the show. So, San Diego. Yeah, I grew up probably like 15, 20 minutes inland from La Jolla, a place called Scripps Ranch. Scripps Ranch. It was cool. I, I mean, like, San Diego's kind of a, a lot of it is what you would maybe imagine. It's yeah. surfer dudes and, yeah. and kind of a low key lifestyle. Yeah. Um, How'd your parents find their way there? That's a good question. My father's from Massachusetts. He uh, came to California to go to school. He went to school in Orange County and then down to San Diego State. Yeah. And he just stayed. Um, yeah, and then my mother. I don't know how, what she's from the Bay Area. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember exactly what brought her 
to San Diego. And they just, but they, but they met. Yeah. She was, my mom, um, was the first female sports writer in San Diego journalist. Yeah. Um, so that was her thing for a while. Does Uh, she like sports? I don't know. I don't know. I think (laughs) she liked journalists. She was, I like journalism and maybe that was the, best gig to get at the time it's interesting yeah because i know another guy whose dad became very renowned writer about sports but was not necessarily a sports guy yeah i know i don't consider her as such well what's her angle does she have a a tone does she like is she she retired when i was probably like seven oh so you Um, don't know yeah uh but she's always i mean She's a talented writer. I don't, yeah. I guess her angle is her personality. Yeah. But I mean, because sometimes sports writers have sort of like their, you know, people like reading them because they bring, they liven up the thing. Well, I'm sure all of her readers felt that way. <laughs> you, you, you haven't gone back and pulled the microfiche. I would love to. That would be fun. Yeah, I should. That's Thank you for reminding me or, or putting that idea out there. Did she write books or anything? No, but she did write um, a few of my papers in middle school and high school <laughs> yeah and my i feel like my with a, college with, essay the essay to get oh really without yeah, yeah. it wasn't like she helped you she literally she pretty much did it yeah. yeah and it got you in yeah i'm not complaining <laughs> it's kind of a i think that crosses the line as a mother yes i'm i, I bet a, a lot of people would feel that way and it's not something that i'm proud of and i i feel like i after at the, after the age of eighteen, I be, I took on more responsibility in terms of doing my own work. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> What's your dad do? He um, he works in city and community planning. Yeah, city? engineer. No planner, city planner. Like he ran a company for a while while I was growing up. Um, that did all sorts of things. Yeah, everything that goes into planning a community. So like archaeology, biology, everything before they put in yeah. a place um, and he still does that. Yeah. I've dealt, I've dealt with them cause I have to do some work here. They're, they're kind of uh, they can be pretty tough. I'm sure. Yeah. They have to draw the line where you're like, I want to build this thing on my house. And right. Like, I don't know. I don't think so. Can you give me some plans? He's that guy. Yeah. He's more, I think bef- uh, before this house even exists uh, maybe, or right. like, um, or like planning like the, a plaza, like a center for, shops or whatever yeah. it may be or parks like, yeah. in an area that like you know wants to revamp it in some way or another isn't weird how little we know about our parents it is weird and it's and like it's so sad yeah. <laughs> because i've lived with it my entire life and yet i can't fully explain what it is they have these whole lives that we you know we find bits and pieces out about as we get older and you're yeah. there's those moments you're like you did that Yes. You have brothers and sisters? I've got two older brothers. Are they uh, decent people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are definitely, yeah. What are they, they, what's their racket? My oldest brother, he does stuff for, I, th- I think, the city of San Rafael. Uh, Another vague city just, job? Mark, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. What I don't want to talk about my brother's jobs. What about <laughs> the other job? What about the other Ryan brother? lives in Brooklyn, which is nice. He, he's the middle brother. I'm the youngest. Is um, he in the arts? He he writes. He likes to write. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he works for a nonprofit uh, for um, refugees. And, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's cool. That, that was one of the nice things about when I moved to New York. To have a brother there. Yeah. Uh, and get along. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been. Does he it, come to the show? Probably like twice a year. Yeah. But we hang out 
once a week. You know, the, obviously, I guess the schedule is maybe famously grueling, and so Sundays are the only day that I really get to do anything, and we usually meet up. Do you live in Brooklyn? No, I live in the West Village. You like New York? I do. I, I do. I really like it a lot. I think I, one of the takeaways I'll have after this experience it's being it, here in the garage. <laughs> the new garage. Yeah, the new garage. Um in, in SNL, you mean, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just you know, obviously a specific way of living in New York because the job takes up so much of our time and so much of you know, my mental uh state that like you know i don't experience new york in the way that somebody just moved to new york would right and and that there there are major positives that come with that and like you know lows like i don't know a ton of neighborhoods outside of my own right i don't get to explore but also like i get to like you know see like paul mccartney at an after party or something like that you know what i mean so it's yeah 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 yeah. so there's a, a the 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 compromise is worth it that you I think if, so, absolutely that you, yeah, yeah. You, you don't get up to uh uh, Morningside Heights, much. That's true. Yes, but, uh, I couldn't tell you where Morningside where is. Heights right. is. I think I think that's a place. But no, I know what you mean. But that's the same with anywhere. I lived in New York for years, but eventually, you know, you've got your four blocks, you've got the stores you go to, and then you've got the things you do. And it's you know, I never went above Fourteenth Street. Rarely, a lot of things going. I know on. the people, you know, relatively the, the neighbors, store. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You say hi the laundry to the guy, guy the, yeah. the bartenders. Yeah. Yeah. That's the great thing about New York. It doesn't happen too often in other places, I don't think. I guess people go to regular places, but for some reason, New York, you can really, after you've lived there a while, walk down the street and everyone's sort of familiar. And Absolutely. Kind of like, it's awesome. I it's do. It's nice. Yes. So, all right. So, San Diego, I don't know that that's known to be a hotbed of comedy minds. <laughs> I'm not sure what goes on down there. I know it's pretty and there's a beach and there are seals in some places. You can see seals. Uh, yeah. It's SeaWorld. Um so how do you like like what 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 are you doing as a young man? What are you doing in the in the high school? What was your position socially? I, yeah, I think people thought I was a, I was a f- funny person. I don't even like saying that out loud for some reason. I always feel weird saying yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I think I, throughout, I think you've established yourself as a funny. Oh, person. I appreciate. I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's valid and it's okay for you to say that I'm, I, I was a funny person. Okay, well. I was a funny, people thought I was a funny person. <laughs> Good for you. We're making real progress today. Um, yeah, throughout, I feel like growing up. And then, yeah, in high school, I started doing, I took drama classes and they started an improv troupe my junior year. Did and you so, do plays? A little bit. Yeah, I did uh, The Tempest, Shakespeare. In high school? Yeah. Wow. Jean-Paul Sartre's No Exit. That is a heavy high school. Those were the two ones I did. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. You did No Exit in high school? I did, Yeah. Directed by our English teacher uh, Brady Kelso. Was he uh, like? Uh, was he the guy that was the cool English teacher? He well, yeah. People liked him a lot. Yeah. No he exit. Show movies. Oh, that's yeah. Like uh, like classics. Yeah. No exit. That's the one where people can't get out of the room. Was yeah. It two yeah. Guys, yeah. It's two, like a purgatory. Yeah. Two yeah. guys and a girl. I think. Or no. Was it, is it three people? Uh, two women and a guy. Two I women think. and a guy. That's the way we did it. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't quite remember it. But it's uh, it's some bigger allegory about life. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, and as a seventeen-year-old, I understood all of the many layers. That yeah, of course, made yeah. up very know. deep. It's glad that that guy had you guys uh, <laughs> going through the motions. It was fun. It's it, it's kind of amazing to think how difficult of a thing that is to just to memorize those lines and perform those. It's that's it's quite an undertaking. And you did it. I did it. I and I and I think people. I think it was good, relatively. 
Yeah, I, you, you, you don't don't you wish you could see like some footage of that though? Because I remember like we did plays. I did a couple plays in high school or maybe junior high even. And you're putting on the fake mustache and you're wearing the suits and everything. And you know you because you don't. I don't know if it's we don't know what to judge ourselves against or we just feel like we're pulling it off. But oh, I got to assume that. If you looked at your 17-year-old self doing oh, no yeah. exit, there'd be like sort of like, oh my God. Yeah. This, what yeah, was so I thinking? Abs- but that that exists with things I did probably like five years ago. Sure. You know, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just wild to me. You know, yes. You're wearing a fake mustache and you're like, we're really doing, uh, we're honoring this. Feeling production. so confident. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the Tempest, I don't even know what that's about. Do you know Shakespeare? Are you a Shakespeare guy? Uh, I can't say that I, I am, but I can say that I know the Tempest pretty well. I still mem- remember some of the lines. There's nice. Like which ones? Um, I played Prospero, who's yeah. who's the the main dude. Uh, he is some some monologue where yeah. he's like, um, "I pray thee, mock me, that a brother could be so perfidious. He whom next I owned, like something that effect." Yeah, he got right in it. Well, yeah, I still, yeah, I'm feeling it still. Do you have any desire to do that type of acting? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what else? So you're in the drama club, and did you like, uh, like, were, did you write for the paper or anything? No, the other big thing I did in high school was I was really into hip hop. So I was in a hip hop group with my two friends, Dave and, and Robert. Um, but yeah, no, besides that. Did you guys perform? We did. We did shows. We had, we put out a CD of like probably like 15 tracks and sold it around the school. Um, Popular? I think so. Yeah. The th- the thing is, our whole like we were really into like conscious and underground hip hop. If that makes any sense. Not Who were those people? I'm 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 an old man, so I don't know hip hop. Like that would be like like tribe called Quest. Yeah. Or I don't know the hieroglyphics or the Far Side. These yeah. these groups. Um, who maybe were like kind of more jazzy and forward thinking. Yeah. As opposed to like what was mainstream radio rap or hip hop. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the only thing we talked about in our songs was how we weren't mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, yes, well, people may have liked us. It was probably also one of those things that if I were, if you were to like really experience it again, you'd find it incredibly obnoxious. You're just, yeah, just uh, constantly. Uh, uh, like, we don't care about the money. We don't need it. Like that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. It's yeah. sort of the hip hop version of that character you do. Chris Fitzpatrick. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> You, did you you have to know those I mean it's so funny some of the the characters you do is different than a lot of the other stuff on SNL because they seem like fairly genuine people. Yeah, I think that that character in particular I think people uh say that about a lot too. Just, oh, they do? Yeah, because yeah, just it's someone that maybe that we all had in our lives at some point some or like on the periphery. Or we yeah, might have exactly. been kind of that guy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like yeah, it's a very specific type, but there's something about I think coming up, making your own videos, where you start to realize that there's this tone of regular people doing videos that is 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 slightly. It's not even so much it's not professional. There's there's actually because I notice this with with a lot of the stuff you do, the man on the street stuff too. That that these people, I, I can't you can't even put your finger on it, but they are so incapable of presenting. Yes, that there's just this weird nuance. To them being just regular people who will just do not have the hang of of you know they they think they're doing a good job right. but they're not. We were so, I, I I think 
I feel very fortunate in the sense that when I started making videos and kind of towards the end of my time in college, like YouTube was just becoming a thing and I got really into it and I was obsessed with that sort of thing. Like kids just putting up videos, talking directly to camera. I really was especially into like these like vlogs where a person would just talk directly to camera, but would only have like 50 views on it or something like that, but still act as if it's like, Hey guys, I uh, want to apologize for not making a video last week. It's like, well, you, who are you talking? Nobody is really paying attention. I and I loved that idea that like there's a, a bit of sadness to it because you know they know it too. Yes, so, so exactly. At yeah. the core of of that person having that confidence, there's the knowledge that they're like, you know, this is gonna work. I'm gonna get. They're gonna come. Yes. Yeah. So when did you start doing that? That would have been probably about spring of 2007. So yeah, so when I was at USC, uh, I joined the improv troupe there and sketch group. And we would do a show, an improv show every week and a sketch show. What was the one called in high school? What was the improv show group? I think that was was called IA, Improv Army. Yeah. And then in college, it was uh, Comedus Interruptus. Right. So by the time you're in like high school, like because I'm what, 55, what are you, 35? So 34 but yeah but like it was like within the world of of high school drama culture and everything else like SNL and sketch groups and UCB was already known like people were aspiring to that. Yes, I think like I probably wasn't aware of certainly SNL absolutely like yeah. that was kind of in high school it would have been like the Will Ferrell era. Right. Um UCB, like, they had a show on Comedy Central. That's how right. I was aware of them. And not until I got into college did I become aware of their theater. But, but like, I don't remember their... Well, maybe I just didn't know, but, like, the uh, an improv group in a high school just seems like an interesting thing. It was me. new to me when it started, because it truly started my junior year. Uh, I feel like, yeah, what I was aware of was, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway, which right. was on TV. Yeah. Right, on Comedy Central. So, like, when you were a little kid, you watch that. Yeah. And what was it? Who was in charge of that? How did you know what to do as an improv? That was one of the drama teachers, oh. uh, Blair Hambution, who I, I came from the theater world and had done improv, and so kind of brought it to our school. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It kind of, I guess, opened up that avenue. And there was a, how many people? A lot of people in it. Ten or fifteen. Were you writing sketches or just all improv? That was pretty much all improv, though. We would make, we did like, we hosted like a talent show and maybe and wrote bits for that. And what'd you like, what'd you learn from doing that? Like, you, you, you know, I know you got to be in the moment and everything, but were you, do, were you doing characters there early on? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, I think just general performing things, like kind of learning. Getting laughs. Yeah, getting laughs and learning to, you know, what works for audiences. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, 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 I would say like you learn how to listen, but I can remember I have one specific memory of this girl of like me doing a joke on a game. And then like right after the show, this one of the other troop members coming up to me, she's like, she's like, I just made that joke right prior to you saying that you've got to listen. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) But I got more laughs than her. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Yeah. So when you graduated, you what do you what do you want to study in in, at USC film? Uh, yeah, and I was that was something that I became aware of via other the older dudes in the improv troupe. They were like, "Oh, we want to go to film school," and so then I thought that seems like a cool thing to be into. So the hip hop career you realized wasn't gonna. I kind of like always say like it's my freshman year at USC. I 
auditioned for the improv troupe on campus, but yeah. that same week, my father's house burned down, which had all of my records and my like production equipment in it. Your parents separated? Yeah. Um, oh, man. So it was a weird, so it's like, I kind of, symbolically, I feel like my hip hop career ended when all of my gear burnt up. Burnt up, and then like I got onto the improv and sketch group. Everything, no one got hurt? Nobody got hurt. My my father and his wife were on their honeymoon in Hawaii, which is kind of sad. Yeah, and they came home and they burnt to the ground. Yep. What happened? How did it happen? It was uh, I think the Cedar Fires of San Diego in uh, 2003. It was like a big several fire. places burned yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a fucking drag. Yeah, but he's back on his feet. Or yeah, 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 absolutely. So that was it. That was a sign from the universe. I, that's the way I look at it now. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, like hip hop was not for you. Yeah, uh, and I got into, I got definitely further into the improv sketch so comedy thing. When you decided to go to USC, it was just sort of like, yeah, film sounds good. You weren't like a film nerd or like completely. I think I tried to. Be, I think I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I wrote an essay on like on Space Odyssey to get into the school. Did your mother write it? That one I, I'm pretty sure I wrote, but I also think that I copied some major portions from some blog post I found on the internet. Um, but it worked. I like how you're so matter of fact about this <laughs> plagiarizing. Well, now I can't mother. get it. Well, I mean, when I was there, I, I was when I was studying film. My friend Dave McCary, who has directed a lot of the shorts that I've made and was at SNL, he's he's no longer there. Yeah, and we made a movie together called Briggsby Bear. Um, I watched it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, he was not going to USC, but was in essence living with me yeah. while I was there. You knew him from San Diego? Yeah, we grew up together. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah. So you've been working together a long time. Was he in the hip hop band? He was, yes. It's not called a band, is it? You can call it whatever you hip-hop like. Group? You could also we were called Instruments of Intelligence if you want to <laughs> refer to us by our our real name. He was in Instruments of Intelligence? He was. Uh-huh. He was Pee Wee Wizard. He uh-huh. wouldn't like me saying that. Um Is that part of his wife he's trying to get behind him? Absolutely, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's not. Pee Wee Wizard's not, not very on board. proud of. I guess specifically just the sound of his voice, the pitch of his voice. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, but he was he was going to a film school. He was going to Brooks Institute of Photography, which is in Ventura. Yeah. Um, and then coming down to hang out with us, and he kind of, in essence, I feel like Ghost directed a lot of the uh, movies I was turning in to class at USC. So I guess I kind of. Oh, you guys are did working take together? advantage of a lot of. Was he older than you? No. Oh, he just went to a different school, but then he was living with you over there. Yeah, and I feel like I found out over the course of being at school, like while doing comedy and stuff, and going to classes that I liked. I preferred both being on camera and writing rather than like straight directing or you handling did stand up a camera. No, not really. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. wasn't for you. I, I liked it every time I I did it. Uh, I just don't think I had the drive that like my friends who were really into it did, and I I never like wanted to go to a spot. Yeah, like wait around multiple times in a yeah. week or anything like that. Right. Yeah. You didn't have the compulsion. I know the obsession to do it. So you come up here from San Diego. You're at USC, and you're just you're just studying film and you're making movies with your pal. Yeah, and also doing sketch comedy with this group on campus. What was it called again? Comedus Interruptus. And that, incidentally, Beck Bennett, who's on SNL, was I met him in uh, doing that. We we were freshmen the same year. 
Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's great. He's a Chicago guy, so he must have come, you know, grew up with that shit. Yes. Yeah, he was. He did like Second City classes in high school. And you guys are friends now. We're very close. And, and then we had another friend, Nick Rutherford, who was also on the improv troupe. And then basically myself, Nick, Beck, and Dave formed a sketch group after college called Good Neighbor. And that kind of fed into what I do now. But you went the first, you went the whole four years at USC? Mm-hmm. And what was the degree in? Film studies, critical studies film. So not filmmaking? Correct. Film history? Theory, yeah. I did that. I did that as a minor. I liked it. Yeah. Not as much pressure, you know, and I got to, like, focus on other things. And you got to read all those old articles by, like, Andrew Saris and, you know, the, uh, like, uh, did you study the semiotics and that kind of stuff? Probably. <laughs> it's a really sticks. You get to watch a lot of movies, though, right? That, yes. What did you think was going to happen with that? Or were you just sort of, like, did you just pull together a major knowing that, like, sketch comedy was really the thing? I mean, that's what I... I went in there assuming I would maybe become like a film director or something like that. And then, yeah, I think over the course of my time at the school, I found that like I was becoming a decent performer and yeah. you know, could maybe pursue that acting or something like that. But it wasn't, uh, you, you didn't have any big ideas. I mean, we all, I've always wanted to, I think we always wanted to like have our own TV show or something like that. And, yeah. and when, as like we progressed doing the sketch comedy thing and then when we started making our own videos for YouTube, that was the hope. What was the one that popped? What was the, like, was there a point where you're like, this is catching on or? Yeah, probably within a year, like people started watching and it was, it was easier back then, I think, because there wasn't as much stuff on the this internet. This is when you're in college? I graduated let's say summer of 2007, I think mm. we started spring of 2007. So it kind of fed into the end of school. It was you and Beck and Rutherford and, and the other Dave. guys? Yeah. And were you doing, like, what, was it one of those things where you were getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views? It started off slow. We made one video probably like six months into doing it. That was like the only topical thing we ever made, which was a video about, Jamie Lynn Spears at the time was pregnant and she was 16 or something like that. Yeah. So we did like a video with like a two-year-old having a baby or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And that like Perez Hilton blogged about that and that was a time in which that was a very important thing. Sure. So that video got like 5 million hits and then I think our other videos started to get picked up uh -huh. after that because of that. And were you doing characters? Yeah. Are they characters that stayed with you your entire career now? I mean, early on, I'm trying to think. Do you have a name for that guy that interviewed people at sporting events? I think we usually refer to it as like, yeah, the interview character or or people will say like awkward Kyle or something like that. But yeah, yeah that that stuff all kind of came from that era, yeah. era. And the weed guy? The weed guy, definitely. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was, yeah. Did you base that on somebody? That was just like uh, around that time the people I lived with smoked and I didn't. And so it was just me, a lot of me trying to talk about, like I knew stuff about weed and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, I like weed culture too. It's funny to me. I like, yeah. yeah. But you don't drink or smoke? I drank. Uh, I don't really smoke. I, I did a little bit in high school, but no, I don't. Do well, it. I imagine it makes you, what does it make you paranoid? paranoid? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. You're already halfway there. I can't tell. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun for 
two years probably right. when I was like 15. But you want to make a life out of it. I don't need to, but I support everybody who yeah. wants to. You're pro-weed, but you don't need it. I'm really pro-weed. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop talking about it. So, all right. So now, what? how does it work now? So you got these videos. So before you even start performing as a sketch group, or were you performing, you already had somewhat of a following. Yeah, a little bit. We were doing, definitely like trying to do the UCB, like performing at UCB at the same time. And we had performed so much, done so many sketches in college that we like brought some of those live sketches to like UCB or other theaters. The old one, town. Franklin? Yeah. But yeah, I think the videos kind of, you know, it turned out that, oh, we should really focus on this because this is what people are noticing. How are you making a living at that point? I had a job for a little while working at USC and then eventually we start i started getting like commercial acting work did a mcdonald's tea commercial i did some 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 phone company commercial that was like linked in with iron man 2 that Uh was that year was really good i feel like i made like 30 grand or something like that did a few of them (laughs) it was great yeah i I, and i love like did you ever do that commercial acting never did any commercials one i did one sprint commercial it was a fluke i was doing comedy in Austin, Texas. And I wasn't even in the main room because I didn't sell it out. So I was in a dumb little room and for some reason, a director, who was a big movie director, was directing a Sprint commercial in Austin, came to my show and booked me to do the thing the next day. That's great. Did did it work out for you? Was it good? It was fine. You know, it was like, uh, I didn't have to do much and uh, I was working with children and I made made a, a child cry and uh, not on purpose. It was a very, uh, yeah, they wanted, um, I was playing some sort of coach at some sort of school and they needed reaction shots from the kids. So they wanted me to just improvise. And so you said something very mean to this child? No, I just said, do you like Harry Potter? And the kid's like, yeah. And I go, he dies in the next movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, I did, but I, like, I don't have kids, so I didn't right. really know that <laughs> there was a line. <laughs> But uh, is that a usable take? The kid crying? No, Would that they, work? Okay, because yeah. there's a there's a world where that's great that you got. That. No, no. I, not only was it not great, but the crew ostracized me at lunch. Like, you sure. know, what kind of monster are you? But I, you know, I didn't. I no, I didn't really put myself out there for a lot of commercials. So you had a commercial agent. Yeah, and as the videos caught on, that was helpful because then eventually, like, people in the room started knowing who I was. The commercial booking cast. Yeah, people. and then also for like. TV yeah. gigs. Oh, okay. I did a Parks and Rec episode. Um, and then I also did some, I did that interview character for- Oh, for uh, Kimmel? First for Norm MacDonald, yeah. who had a show on Comedy Where'd he Central. see you? His son was a fan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's funny. And then, yeah. yeah, Kimmel produced Norm's show, and so then I started doing him for Kimmel as well, yeah. When you, when you create that character, like, you, you know, when you, like, because they all seem to sort of organically come from who you are somehow. <laughs> what, what did you just, uh, wh- wh- where did you pull that guy from? I, I think you're right. I think it is just a version of me, but that was a scenario where we went down to the Lakers had won a championship and yeah. they had a parade right. downtown. That was the first one? Yes. And so... It was kind of like Dave being like, we should go and film something, not knowing what to shoot, and yeah. then using having this character in the back of my mind, and then just use it, doing it, basically. Right. 
the character was just somebody who does who just doesn't know stuff i guess yeah and really can't articulate and socially awkward and yes <laughs> yes there's no idea how to engage with people exactly yeah how do you uh because for me like you know right away i and it's weird because this is something you share with howie mandel the the love of making people uncomfortable um but just sitting in that i mean don't you just want to run away or you just like it i i feel like people ask me that a lot really um, yeah i don't i guess i like it. I, well you don't think about it you're, well, you're more about i guess the, what's on my mind mostly like if i'm like holding the microphone and trying to create a moment is like let's keep this going i want to make something usable that's right. ultimately the goal is like I want to make a video out of this. And so you want I hope, it to be funny. Yes. I hope yeah. we get stuff because yeah. like that is the fear always that we'll go to some event and I'll spend like two hours talking to people, putting myself in awkward situations and then we'll look at the video and be like, oh, this is bad. This There's nothing here to no, use. Yeah, right. So that's probably the main thing in my head is just like, how can I c- keep this thing going? But it's also weird because like, you know, there are times where you, you, you kind of like in the moment with that character in particular, you 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 kind of like morph into the people you're talking to for a second. Right. You just sort of like your 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 personality is so fragile and needy in some weird way that all you can do is sort of glom onto their tone. Yes, I think it's that, <laughs> but I think that's human. I think it's like oh no, definitely. Yeah, you want to be cool. This guy wants to be cool, and right. like these people that he's talking to are cool, and so he's trying to yeah become them or like yeah, but speak that's in a, their language. You yeah, get, that's where you get a lot of the buttons of those bits. Yeah, just sort of like ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, but that was before people knew you. Do, do you find it's harder for you to do shit like that now? I think so. Yeah, we tried to shoot one last year at Yankee Stadium, um, and yeah, definitely like people are no like you know we'll stop. The frustrating thing to me is that like hypothetically, if you are a fan and are aware of that character or something yeah. like that, you would know if you're seeing me interview somebody to not like fuck it yell up. out. Kyle, what's yeah. up, man? Like yeah. in the middle of a take. Yeah. No, but that, that happens. They, yeah. It's the same. I think that's sort of the same uh, impulse as trolling. Like, you know, they, they're, they're, they'll always do that. Right. Or, or they'll just try to fuck it up on purpose. It's the same people that honk their horns when you're shooting something on the street. You know, it's sort of like, why? 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 So frustrating. But I, I, but I don't know what we're expecting out of people. I don't know. I don't really know what that impulse is. I, here's my issue. And. I don't want to put myself on a pedestal or something like that, but like I felt like as a child or as a as a fan, as a high school when it was a teenager, like any of the things I was into, I wouldn't I wouldn't have the guts to like even approach somebody like that. It's like for me, I just put everything on. It meant so much to me. That, yeah, right. Respect. You, yes. You, yeah, you, yeah. There's a fundamental awe. Yeah. And respect of people who are professionals in doing a thing. Yeah, well, I think that a lot of that's deteriorated over time. I think a lot of people are like, "You're nothing. Right. You're not better than me." Nah. And that's it. We also get. I'll get a lot of like, "Make more videos." And I kind of felt like, "Well, we made all of these videos for you for free to watch." I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When's the next one coming out? Right. Yeah, it's weird. There's a there's a a weird sort of a hostile entitlement to the yes. people that don't do things. <laughs> right. <laughs> And yet I feel like I've I've done a lot. I feel so good. I yeah, feel great about stuff I've made for you. Like I And it's out there. It stays right. out there. Yeah. But you know what are they doing? They're they're just living their lives and like they see one of your things and they're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> and then they just want that feeling as much as possible. Right. I I guess that's a a, yeah, a sympathetic position. 
So, all right. So you're doing these things and you do it for Norm. You're doing TV bits here and there. So how does, um, how does the, the SNL thing unfold? Well, I auditioned, I think, in the summer of 2012. And I also brought over uh, Dave to interview him. And uh, what do you mean? You I sent it. I sent in a t- to interview him as a video director on the show. Oh, so you your entry was the video angle. Well, I made yeah a videotape of like characters and impressions that I sent to them. Who was on that? I thought you didn't do too many. Oh, your own characters, but not how many impressions were on that? <sighs> Two or th- I mean, they were bad. It was like ma- like Dog the Bounty Hunter or something like that. I don't even Did remember. You put a, ra- a wig on. Yes, that was like, that was the whole thing. Was just I don't mean, I don't even know if I know how dog talks. <laughs> Just like so you on the bounty hunter. It was probably something like that. Right, yeah. So you did a couple of those re- reluctantly. You yeah. knew, knowing that I had to do them. Who told you how, how to do it? I think that. Well, I'm sure my rep said that, but also I feel like I put personal pressure on myself because you've got to show that you have something here. Yeah. Um, so you did a couple impressions and some video guys, some characters. Yeah. And we submitted that tape, and then through your agent. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just a unsolicited it was submission. not no and i think people over at the show were aware of us and aware of the videos yeah like lonely island was there at the time and with samberg samberg and, and yorma and akiva and and i had met uh i think i'd met them at that point yeah yorma incidentally directed the episode of parks and rec i did okay so there i think there were people at the at snl who knew what we did um, I I was invited to audition in New York in the studio in the studio with Lauren sitting there and two other people. It was I feel like there was more than it, it was Lauren, and then I feel like a handful of writers producers. Uh-huh. Um, That's a stressful moment, isn't it? Oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean the build up to that where you're just like hanging in the dressing room. Did you have the meeting with him one on one yet? No. You it was for, you did the thing in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. And how did it go? I think pretty well. Um, Did you get laughs? I feel like I got two laughs, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I left New York feeling like I did what I had to do. I mean, that for me, that was the accomplishment. It was like not being embarrassed and feeling like I did the best version of what I could have done given yeah. that situation. Um, I didn't get the job. Uh, you didn't? Did not. But did you meet with Lauren? No. Oh. Um, How'd they tell you? Oh, through your agent. I think my agents just said who they hired. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> That's how he told you. Uh, Let yeah. me give you the list of people that are on the show. It was. Yeah. It, I mean, it, there was no harshness to it or anything like right. that. No. And uh, our sketch group was working on a thing with Comedy Central at the time. Um, you and Beck and uh, Nick Rutherford. and Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I had that to go to, and then also I ended up doing this pilot uh, Stephen Merchant show called. Um, Hello, ladies. That oh, was yeah, on HBO. Yeah, yeah. So I had that stuff going, and I felt uh, I really felt okay about the whole. You were experience. working. It wasn't some weird. I was like, working, this and is I it. felt like you know I did what I had to do. Yeah. I'm glad I had that experience. I got to go out there and be on that stage. I'm okay. Yeah. Which was to me wonderful. Right. But then about a year later, you know, a few months later, they wanted to revisit the idea of auditioning me. I suppose. Yeah. Was it primarily for videos or for cast? You don't know. I think there might have been some thought that we would like kind of become like a new Lonely Island or something like that. Your yeah. your crew, yes. So that everyone was involved. So like when they revisited, they were talking to to Beck and Rutherford and 
Dave. And- uh, Beck and Nick auditioned. It ended up being just myself, Beck, and Dave who made it, and then Nick came on the next year as a writer. So you and Beck got cast at the same time? Yeah. And was it? Uh, did you meet with Lauren? The second time I did, yeah. Just you and Lauren? Yes. How was that for you? It was nice, short. I mean, like... Go up uh, to the office? Yeah. Sat there? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, like, he remembered me, which to me felt good. Yeah. Um, even though I guess, like, in theory, like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, you're going to remember a person who auditioned, like, a year ago, probably. Well, yeah, if you were under consideration. Yeah, you exactly. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, I feel like we talked about Prague, because I, I, w- I was incidentally, like, shooting a Taco Bell commercial in Prague while they were doing showcases in L.A. So you missed your showcase because you were in Prague? Yeah. Doing a taco commercial? Taco Bell, yeah. How, did you enjoy Prague? Sure, the goulash and the uh, Pilsner Raquel. Uh, that was your experience? And besides shooting the commercial, yeah. You didn't get around? No, I did, there? I did. It was very pretty. I really. Have you been there? No. Oh, I really liked it a lot. Why was it shooting there? Just cheaper? I, I really think the people, the the advertising people or the Taco Bell people just wanted a cool vacation. Really? Yeah. It's so weird when they you hear those things. Like, you know, what, you, you just shot in Prague for a Taco Bell commercial? It There was nothing about it that was specifically Prague that couldn't have been shot anywhere. Right. Yeah. I must, I don't know why, I, it's a mystery. It but was cool. A, I, they flew me business class. I liked it. That's the perks. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you get there, so you guys are hired, and then, like, what happens? Because you've been there for what, like, five years now? This is my sixth season, so, like, five and a half years. And at the beginning, like, I don't don't personally feel like they use you enough. That's very sweet of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how does it work now? Like, it's been a while since I talked to somebody on the show currently. But, like, you start out, you're not the main cast. You start out as, like... Yeah, I guess a, a featured player. You're one of the 90 people they show at the beginning of the show. <laughs> My year in particular, there were a lot. That yeah, was it was, it was it a got, transitional. It got year. a little crazy. It almost yeah. seemed like a. I hadn't watched in a while, and it almost seemed like a sketch. Yes. Yeah. How many? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There were like ten of us or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that there are hard and fast rules about like how much they put you on or what you're like how many sketches you're allowed to submit. Yeah. Or anything like that. I think generally, like, over time, you just kind of learn how things work and, yeah. like, how to try to best get your stuff on. I don't know if that's totally answering what your question. Who was the head question. writer when you got there? Um, Seth? Yeah, Seth and Rob Klein. Seth was, that was Seth's last year, so he left, like, two-thirds into the season t- to do a show. How did you hit the ground running over there? Doing videos or were you pitching yeah. sketches? Yeah, videos. Mostly videos, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd produce them over there? yeah. And they just sent, they had their crews and it must have been like sort of a nice thing. And your, your guy was directing you. Was yeah. Was it Dave? Dave. Yeah, it was great. But it's, it was my understanding of like when the Lonely Island was there, for instance, they just basically were making their own videos and then presenting them on a dress. Yeah. And then like if they audience responded to them, they would go on the show. We were like kind of going the more classic route of scripting them and submitting them and like hoping that they'd get chosen to be made. We made a couple on our own volition of just like during a hiatus shooting something. Yeah. But it's a tough thing to do to just to be proactive enough to like when the show's off to just try to make your own stuff because you're so exhausted. Right. And also like there's a, I guess there's a risk factor too, but you, you had the option. You could just take the crew out and do it on your own. They were just, it didn't, you didn't have to submit a script. 
I mean, you could in theory. Yeah, I, I, um, I think technically, like, now it's mostly set up so that you need to use a crew just because of, like, union right. stuff. Of course. But, yeah, but if we were to, like, just fully, sh- like, guerrilla shoot something, we could do that, and then we could present it. So what was the experience? Like, the first year you got a few videos on and you showed up in a couple places? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you get bumped from feature to, you know... To... After two years, you get... Yeah, you become... And after every but year... But there's no, like... That's not a ceremonial thing or no, anything like that. No, I get like it. You, you yeah. don't get a gift or you right. know, a new room or here's your shoes. It's I guess a... you just, yeah, take on your own personal responsibility of being like, I'm here, baby. Yeah. And do you, like, uh, is... For you, is every year, like, am I going to come back? Um, It gets... I... I, I... I feel pretty good, but like I also like am a rather like kind of a superstitious person, so I I try not to take anything too much for granted. Yeah, superstitious, um, like you think it's all going to be bad. Yeah, I guess I just like to like not even try to overthink that sort of thing. You know what I mean? I just I feel like I have a job to do, and I enjoy the job, and my that job is to put out the best work that I can. Yeah, and that's all I can do. And you get along with everybody? I do. I love everybody, yeah. It's a great cast right now. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, one of the most remarkable things about being there is just working with those people. It's kind of a, like, I, 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 I must be amazing just to build up to that when the when it starts, the, the night of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just uh, must be crazy. It's trippy. It's still trippy. Because you're just converging on this point, and then all of a sudden there's no going back, and it's happening now. Yeah, and like. I'm always fascinated by just the difference between like how the dress show relates to the live show. Wait, like, how is that? What is the difference? It could be that some sketches perform well at dress, bomb at live, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, it could be that there are lines cut in between dress and air, or line changes, and like all that. Put you know, or like now you're entering from the right rather than the left. Yeah. Um, there's just all these little things that happen in such a short amount of time. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of trust put into us that hopefully we can figure that out. Right. And you usually do? I think so, yeah. And so is it literally impossible to memorize your lines? I don't know about that, but it certainly gets difficult when there are line changes. Yeah. Because, like, I notice, like, I always wonder about that because most people are reading. And I, I don't know if that's just because it's it's easier or or they just don't have time. Um, my I think it's because like that's kind of the idea is that like the way the cameras are situated and the cards like in theory, I'm looking at the cards and then when it cuts to the person I'm talking to, if they're looking at their cards, it should hypothetically look like we're looking at each other. Right. Do you try to memorize? Yeah, I try to be. I try to know as much as I can. So yeah, that, like yeah. When I can, yeah. but I don't, but you've got to be ready for the idea. Like there, it can happen that there's a new change that you've never seen. Right. So like. You kind of locked into the cards. A little, you kind of, to, uh, to a degree you have to be, you have to be. Yeah. When did you do uh, Brigsby? Um, we shot that, I guess, two summers ago. Because I, I thought it was a sweet movie. It made me cry. Oh, that's oh, I'm I'm glad. That's so nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it was really that was one of my 
the favorite experiences were doing that. How did the, because I, I didn't, like, I really knew nothing about it, you know, and I, I knew I was going to talk to you. And I was, it was interesting because I was watching um, Yorgos Lathimos' movies. Have you seen his movies? A few of them, yeah. I mean, yeah, Dogtooth was something. That, right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like, because, like, I had to watch Dogtooth and I, you know, I saw it was, and Brendan said, you should really, while you're doing this, since you got to talk to Kyle the same weekend, you should watch his movie because I think there is some, thematic similarities absolutely and i'm like really how is that because i when i watch dogtooth i'm like what the fuck is happening i like but there is actually uh at the core of it a very similar idea yeah uh in that uh you know the 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 family that has um basically uh imprisoned their children yeah creating their own rules yeah so that was an inspiration absolutely yeah you like that movie dogtooth i did yeah so yours is like uh, I I didn't find myself you know crying at the end of Dogtooth, uh, because you know you, like you and I talked to Yorgos about it, and he knew about the movie, but you know you you had a story. I mean there was a story, yeah. But the 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 idea of the effect that that would have on someone's head growing up like that, I think was more the focus of yours. Where yes, you did. Yeah, no... we kind of we obviously break out of that world. So it's yeah more like yeah how how somebody how how was that movie conceived what what compelled you I don't I mean at some point just the this this notion of like a TV show made for one person was kind of fascinating to me yeah. and then how do you make yeah and then how do you do that what's a device that will enable you to do that yeah exactly and uh, and I wrote it with my friend Kevin that was really nice because he's he's another dude I grew up with I went to middle school with he was working as a screenwriter here in. LA before I got hired by the show I pitched it to him yeah and so while I was at the show we were kind of scripting it and uh, it worked out nicely yeah I thought it was really surprising in a, in a weird way because like you know, I had no expectations and I had no idea what it was about and you know when he told me it was you know similar I'm like wow how weird could this be but but you know it's it's interesting how that you're now how Brigsby starts because you're like are we in the future what well, you know what <laughs> oh I mean? yeah and that's what yeah I'm glad that it plays that way for you. Oh, definitely. I, I was sort of like, you know, this is like, you know, the, the, you know, whatever the old technology, something happened and this is what's left over. And, you know, this is the planet now. And so the, for me, because I knew nothing about it, all, I think all of the turns uh, worked. And that is the, hopefully the way people who see it, see it. That was the tough thing about, you know, marketing the movie or talking about the movie. It was like not giving things away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what could you say about it? Because you'd spoil it almost immediately. (laughs) Yeah, it would be pretty much just like, oh, it's about a guy who's obsessed with this children's TV show, and then something happens, or something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And And then he, like, yeah, he embarks on a journey that he, the show, I think we always pitch it as, like, James is obsessed with this children's show, Briggsy Bear. Yeah. One day it ends, and his whole world turns upside down or something like that. There you go. There's your tagline. And I thought that your performance, like you seem to bring a certain amount of uh, uh, humanity and vulnerability to all these things that you do, even all of them, actually. I think that's uh, the gift that you have. Thanks. Yeah, we try. I mean, like uh, Dave McCary, who directed Brigsby and makes a lot of those videos, is very helpful in that. I think we, we definitely like attempt to make things as grounded as we can when that's so what it calls for. So to sort of keep you in that space as opposed to like going for the laugh or Yeah, going, exactly. I mean right. like and we did and 
I'm sure if you looked at all the takes that we did in that movie, you could make a sillier, broader version because we would do levels sometimes, like in terms of like, yeah, what is the right. funny take here? Yeah. 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 And even the moments where you had to sort of like go with it, where you're like, that, that, this would not be this easy a transition. And like, you know, he's not, you, you know what I mean? Like he's adapting too quickly. You're able to sort of like, yeah, but, but this is, this is the story. You know, yeah. Yes. At a certain point, you're like, nah, he'd be much more fucked up. It is ultimately fake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's true. And you got to work with Mark Hamill. He was great. Everybody, the cast, it's a great cast. Everybody was cool. Did you find it has a bit of a following now, though? I think so. Yes. I think I, a lot of people say nice things about it. I, I think the hope is that it'll still gain even more of like a cultish thing, but who yeah. knows? It's all out there. It's yeah. out there forever. So was that experience uh, for you, uh, you know, exciting enough to, are you working on another movie? Yeah, I've got a couple things I'm trying to work on. Yes, I definitely want to do more of that. Absolutely. What is your big plan? You're going to just stay at SNL till they tell you to leave? I don't know. I don't, I feel, I, I, I feel nervous even talking about that in case my bosses are listening. Uh, All right. But yeah, it, I yeah. mean, like ultimately, like. Do you want to develop TV or film? I, I think both. Yeah? Yeah. And you're kind of. I mean, like I, I love. I definitely love writing and acting, and and Briggs and Bear was like a fun version of that for me. And yeah. like I like like people. Like it's like when I think of careers, I like it's like Albert Brooks or something like yeah. that, or Steve Martin. You yeah, know, yeah. Have you met those guys? Uh, Steve Martin's been at the show a couple times. Yeah, so I've briefly met him. I don't know that I've ever met Albert Brooks. Yeah, I've only met him once. Did you do the show? He's, he's elusive. No, he hasn't. I don't know why he hasn't. But I saw him at, uh, you know, he knows who I am. I've I've pestered him on Twitter and through appropriate channels yeah. to come on the show. But I don't think he likes to talk about himself that much. I think I don't think it's like anything personal. Sure. I just don't think he does this long form business. Right. But he did come up to me at the uh, memorial event for Gary Shandling's uh, passing, which was quite an event. And all of a sudden, I'm just walking, and I felt these arms on my shoulders. And I just hear someone go, let's do it now. <laughs> let's do the podcast now. And That's very was, sweet. It was him. <laughs> you know, okay, let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'll, I'll use my phone. Uh, yeah, I've let the, have you seen Defending Your Life? Yeah. I love that movie. All his movies have some great, you know, some of them are better than others, but all of them have great things in them. Yeah. Defending Your Life is great. You know, uh, modern, the, the early ones, what was the one, Modern Life? Was it the one with the, the veterinarian? Ro romance? No, no, not Modern Romance. Oh, Real True, Life. Real Life. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. To, you know, just for- And prophetic. It's cool. And I liked his shorts, too. I think he must have been the first one to sort of establish the the video short on SNL. Yes. Yeah, I believe I think he so, was. yeah. Those I guess like fun. it's like him and then, I don't know what, I'm not an expert on early SNL by any means, but besides him, I guess there are also those like, they're not shorts, but those Muppet- Oh, sketches yeah. where they're they were kind of their own thing. You that, know was what I mean? real, that was real. That was like yeah. first season shit. Yeah, it's wild to watch those first season ones because it's really the pace of it is like a variety show and it's odd. Totally, you know. And the the musical, the, most of the stuff was taped. You know, it was a lot of commercial parodies, like two live bits. It was. It's. I have the first season. Have you watched it? I have before. Yes. Yeah. So how long are you in town for? Another day. Well, it was good talking to you, man. Uh, yeah, no, thank, thank you, Mark. Yeah, uh, and good luck with this rest of the season. Appreciate it. 
Kyle Mooney, again, the finale of SNL this Saturday, May 18th. I'm going to play some guitar. It might sound a little familiar, but uh, I'm not adding the turnaround chord. But you know the implications. This is a song that defines everything, but it's not really the song. But you'll hear it in there.